Welcome to the Superhero Lifestyle Podcast, where I, Stephen Summers, sit down with my business partner, Robert Rickey, and we talk about how to become successful online. We also talk about how to sell your own branded products globally and so much more. These are the exact conversations that we have all time about how to become more successful in business and in life. So hope you enjoy and make sure to check us out on MarketplaceSuperheroes.com if you're not already a member. Let's go. All right, and welcome back. We are here, of course, with Robert again. He has joined us for another video, which is always fantastic. And today, Robert, what are you going to talk about? We're going to talk today about the 10 Marketplace Superhero Tips to Launching a Product. Now, it's always a big, big topic. There is a lot of what I would call nonsensical information out there. That <laughs> uh, is, you know, they're adding into complexities, uh, which a lot of people do. Yeah. This is very, very simple cursory information, okay? However, it is the most practical and the most logical information that you could use whenever you are launching a product on, on an Amazon platform. Yeah, I, I think as well the, the, the concept of launching is also, as you said, it's interesting because sometimes it's considered it's uh, – Getting, getting tons of reviews, giving away products, you know, doing a big social media campaign and all that. And I think just before we jump into these points, anyone watching this, if you've been watching this channel for any time at all, you know that our look on product research, the type of products we sell are very different to other people. So bear that in mind as we break this down. Uh, and of course, if you don't know how to do all that kind of stuff, product research, etc., you really need to get yourself down to the description and join our free training. That said, though, Robert, let's jump into the first point now and break it down for salt. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the first point that a lot of people may not actually consider is Whenever you've bought all your inventory into a country, do not put every single unit that you have bought into Amazon. And yeah. the reasoning is really, really simple. It's because Amazon uh, is not a warehouse, okay? It is a fulfillment house, okay? Yeah. And whenever we can grasp that, the better because Amazon yep. does not want to be storing all of your goods for that very reason. They want to receive a certain amount of goods. They can then fulfill them to, to your customers, their customers, and yep. then you insert more, obviously in time so that you, that you don't run out. And whenever you look at a business, a business has expenses, right? Yep. And one of those expenses is storage. And Amazon storage rates, while you know pretty good in terms of the the overall marketplace, yeah, uh, and different other solutions, they are still a, a business expense nonetheless. And um, whenever you've got, let's say, a thousand units that you've put into stock, the you will not sell that last unit for months. So that last unit mm -hmm. is going to be sitting there till the very day that that sells. That's a very important <laughs> point. And also, whenever you're launching a product, you have no idea about the sales velocity of that item. You don't know how many it's going to sell every single day or every single week or, or month. So in a way, you could get involved in something that Amazon calls long-term storage fees. Now, long-term storage fees really are the devil whenever it comes to the storage because yeah. they are very, very expensive. That You start to get charged on, on the cubic foot yeah. of your entire inventory 
And you can certainly look it up on Amazon's rate cards. It is not cost effective one bit. And it can certainly damage your bottom line because Mm -hmm. whenever you have a business expense like storage, like long-term storage fees, it's deemed to be goes to the bottom line. So it immediately impacts that, that profit that you have inside your business. So whenever you're launching a product, consider a, a two to four week amount that you would like to sell. Okay. Now, whenever you're launched, that's going to be difficult. It may very well be a bit of a finger in the sky. Yeah. But also go lower because guess what? You can send more in. You've always got that ability and it only takes you know, five to seven days to get stock into Amazon and on their shelves, Steve. Well, yeah, look, it's a great point you brought up here. Also, there is an inherent issue for those of you watching are part of marketplace superheroes and what we talk about. And that is Robert's talking about using what we would deem a pre-Amazon or other than Amazon location to store your products. For some of you watching today, it could be your home. We don't recommend that because you're going to get into, you've to manage the stock in your house and everything. It's, it's not practical. Uh, but if that's the way you want to go, that's great. Also, we have something called Superhero Freight. It's a freight company that we run here. We've got warehouses in the US, UK, and Australia as well. So so that would be the recommendation in terms of where you would put your products. Now, if you didn't work with us, you didn't want to put it in your home, you'd have to go and try and find a freight forwarder who would allow you to leave your products in their warehouse. And in our experience, we're doing this a while, Robert, longer than I, uh, we have seen it time and time again, freight forwarders don't understand your business. They won't store things at a level that's sensible and they'll keep changing the goalposts. So my recommendation, as I'm sure, obviously it's yours, Robert, is check out superherofreight.com if you're not a member of that. Uh, and, and, and that would be the, the ultimate recommendation to outsource this, right? Yeah, you know, through my mere 20 years experience of <laughs> importing, uh, if long-term storage fees are the, are the devil of storage, well, then freight forwarders are the devil of logistics whenever it comes to Amazon <laughs> business, Steve. Yeah, I 100% agree. So, so look, with that said, that's a really great point. You know, do not send in all your inventory too early. We still see people do it today. Do not do that. Do not ship direct from China or anywhere else directly into Amazon all your inventory. Not a good idea either. So I suppose we should move on to number two here, Robert, today. Yes, and number two is launch in as many places as possible because from a business point of view and an investment point of view, the faster that it sells, well, the better that it is for, <laughs> for your business and your investment. I mean, it's not rocket science. Like I said, you know, cursory information, this is very, very logical. You know, if you are just selling in the United States, then you have one set of sales velocity on that exact same product. If you're then selling in Europe as well, you have an equal set of sales velocity. So you could sell out twice as quick of the inventory. If you sell out twice as quick on your inventory, you've actually then decreased the investment return time and therefore made it twice as good an an investment because investment is about percentages, but it's also about the time in which it takes for you to realize that percentage as as well. And I know a lot of people will sort of say, oh, well, I'm not set up in Europe or maybe they're European and I'm not set up in .com. Do not complicate this. This is not a complicated issue. It's very, very straightforward. And it's certainly something that you should consider if you are not doing it because 
the faster it sells, the better. And even some mm -hmm. smaller marketplaces, you know, the likes of say Canada or Australia, these are little, what we would call profit maximizers, Steve, you yeah. know, even if you're not mm -hmm. selling the same velocity and you would likely not be selling the same velocity in Canada as you would in America, but every yeah. sale counts, every single sale. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we, I actually did a, an interview a while ago with one of our clients and she was talking about the fact that, you know, she launched in .com, did okay, but not that well. But in Canada, it actually went crazy for her and it, it was her big product. So I think the point here is not, not to say what you're saying is incorrect, absolutely correct. More of the point is what you actually are saying there is like, you don't know where you're going to have your best market. You don't know any of that. So what you've got to do is you've got to get your products into as many places as possible because that's the only way you're going to find out what your best market is. And what you've said is, I mean, it's so true. When you can sell more, when you sell more markets, you will reduce the time it takes to sell out. That is your goal. That's what you're trying to achieve here. So take our advice. And for anybody watching, by the way, just to pick up on your point, Robert, when you said like, well, you might think I'm not set up in these different places. I agree, obviously, what you're saying simplify get it done and if you're watching this today and you're saying i'm a beginner i'm this i'm that look these are all beliefs that you have right now and the reason that you have those beliefs is just that you don't know what you're doing so that's why we teach it come in learn what we're talking about get the knowledge and then you'll have the confidence and obviously you have ourselves and our team you've got that backup as well to add to build ask questions get the answers you're looking for and so anyway i fully agree i think it's a it's a no-brainer, Robert, as you would say. Yeah, and also, you know, if we have that belief, that sort of limiting belief, let me twist that around and give you a different, a different belief here. If you're selling in one country with your product and you're able to sell that product out in one year and you double your money on the product, that gives you a 100% return on your, on your investment, or as we call yeah. it, profit on, on investment. Now, if you were then selling equally, the same number of units across five different marketplaces yeah. right? and using the compound interest effects. In other words, you could take your money that you've made, reinvest everything, sell out again in the same period of time. You might need more products as you, as you continue, but you're going to have more profit to do so. Do you know that your 100% return on investment inside that one year will go to 3,200? That is the power of compound interest okay we all know what compound interest is on our credit cards and loans and all that side that's that's the bad side whenever you become an investor you become the bank you actually use compound interest to your benefits Steve. that's great i love it well look with that said let's get on to the third point this is great learn lots yep so the third point is to never launch a product without a ppc campaign Never launch without a simple PPC campaign. And the reason is really, it's really simple, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, obviously, if you have got a good PPC campaign, you're going to attract sales early, right? That's important for a number of different reasons. Obviously, for your mindset of being able to get that first sale, we all know what that does. Yeah. It, it takes us, you know, it proves all the different concepts to ourselves and we can then move on. Um, but not only that, but we can then get better sales data of what we can sell or could sell as something progresses. If we don't put in a PPC campaign at the, at the start, then we're kind of trying to operate with one hand tied behind our, our back. And whenever we do then launch a PPC campaign in the future, we're starting to skew our data 
because now we've got a set of data pre-PPC campaign and a set of data post-PPC campaign. And we really do, we would have to dig into finding out mm. what the difference was, if any. Whereas whenever we start with it, we start with a beautiful fresh set of data that we can then look into, report on, and all that stuff. Now, of course, at Marketplace Superior Steve and inside the YouTube channel of all the research that we do, we do not have to go heavy at a PPC campaign, unlike yeah. others, because of our super niche products. But yeah. we do always like to use it because as well as a, as a third point, the fact now that Amazon uh, has over the years reduced the characters that you can use inside yeah. the back end keywords, you're likely to have a lot of words and phrases that you cannot fit in. And maybe yeah. those are even super niche keywords, but people are typing those in. So you can utilize your PPC campaign to expand your back end keywords as such. And yeah. Amazon will like this because they're making more sales and Amazon loves sales. Yeah. And again, this wasn't available to us a few years ago. Like a lot of things weren't available to those of you watching now, so many more things are available that are in a pretty positive way. Uh, and again, with PPC, people overcomplicate this, this like everything else. Like as Robert, as you just said a minute ago, Robert, like you can do a simple campaign to get started. And then when you get started, you start making some sales you can then start to look at the more advanced level of PPC, which is, you know, it, it's a lot more to learn. But again, it's something that you learn the basics, you get something going, you get some numbers back, then you can get to lift up your education, go a bit more advanced, and you can start to kind of scale those campaigns a bit more. But like anything, you know, you can only scale a PPC campaign to the, to the level uh, that people are looking for the product. So in other words, if the search volume is low for all these different keywords, you can only scale a PPC campaign so far. So those of you watching, like if you're selling a super, super niche product, like we talk about on the channel, and you know it's, it's, it's only ever going to sell a certain volume because of the search volume, don't expect your PPC to turn your product into like a, a hundred grand a month product, right? It's not gonna do that, but what it's gonna do is, it's gonna get your product in front of the maximum amount of people possible who are already searching for that keyword. So that's pretty important to consider as well, I think. Yeah, it definitely maximizes the potential of, of the market. That's, that's yeah. what it lets you do. It lets you get in front of every single person that's typing in something. And remember that not every single consumer types in exactly the same generic key term whenever they're yeah. searching. Some people type in, you know, some weird and wonderful <laughs> stuff because, you know, they have a, a word in their mind that describes yeah. the product. It may not be, you know, the same word as 80 or 90% of the population. Also, some people type in very long things because they're looking for something really, really specific. And they'll put in maybe even features and things like that. Whenever they put in those long tail phrases, Amazon may not have enough search volume to come back with, with what they want. And they might have put in a word that didn't feature in your title and back end keywords, which means that you wouldn't show up. Whereas if you had that in maybe a six, seven or eight word PPC campaign, boom you're going to be there and you're actually going to be in front of your ideal customer, even though they don't describe your product the same way as everybody else. I love that. You know, and again, it's, it, there's a book called The Compound Effect, and it's similar to what we talked about a, a minute ago with compounding. And it's all the same thing. Like the more of these little key phrases that you're bidding on and uh, you're putting into the market, the more you're able to kind of make this compound effect happen. You're bidding, 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 bidding. And all of a sudden, like for everything, even longer tail things like you just talked about, could be five words long. 
there's not that much search volume, but, but when someone searches that, and if they do search it, if you're the only one showing up, that's a really, really good thing. So definitely learning the simple PPC to get launched is great. And then when the time is right, when you have launched, you get some numbers back, get yourself a bit more advanced with PPC knowledge then. Uh, it's a no-brainer. So with that said, I think we should move on to number four, Robert. When I keep this, uh, keep this snappy as we can, as much as we can. Absolutely. Now this is something pretty similar to the PPC, but this is check and double check what I call your PDP, which is your product detail page. Some people uh, call it a, a listing or a listing page, and the actual terminology is a is a PDP. Yeah. And really, what we're talking about here again is don't go out with something that's incorrect and launch your product. Because then you've got post correctness and, or sorry, pre correctness and post correctness. So you're skewing your data yet again. Make sure your title is accurate, right? It's fully readable. It's keyword rich. It's what you'd want to have long term. Because there's yeah. no, there's no reason not to do that. Okay, that's just laziness. The same thing goes with your pictures. Don't launch with one picture because what you're doing is you're allowing your consumer to come onto that PDP and bounce. That's going to hurt your conversion rate. And yeah. whenever you start to hurt your conversion rate, you're hurting your algorithm and you're hurting it from day one. Whenever you had the ability not to hurt it, why would you do that? Same thing goes for your bullet points. Make sure they're all present. Don't put any fluff in there or anything that you know we don't talk about. We talk about keeping it nice and simple the way Amazon yeah. likes it. Make sure your description's there. Right? Don't, don't be lazy. Put the description in, go and do the work. You've got ample time from whenever that product sets sale to yeah. get this PDP completely right. And lastly, make sure you get your pricing correct, okay? You know, whatever it is that you're going to sell that for, you've already identified what the price is. Go out at the right price and keep the price to a sweet spot. You know, everybody, especially consumers, they're well-versed at recognizing retail price sweet spots. You know, you, do, you very, very rarely go into stores and you see something priced very weirdly, you know, like 1074. It creates something inside their mindset. You know, 1074, that should be 999. You know, 2053, that should be 1999. We all know about the 0.99 or the 0.95. It's yeah. well-versed. Get your price right from, from day one and get everything else right from day one as well, Steve. And also then, Robert, like what you just said, absolutely great on the PDP. Also, for those of you watching, based on what we said already, launching in more markets, you're obviously going to want to get your product listing, your, your PDP, your detail page listing, it translated. So translate it into multiple languages, German, French, Italian, Spanish, right? As more markets come on those languages too, so that you can launch in those other markets. Now, just for anybody watching, inside our ecosystem of Marketplace Superheroes, we do actually have a translations team. It's paid service, but we do have that as well in there. So you just get into your ecosystem account. If you're part of Marketplace Superheroes and you don't have one, make sure you hit up support and we'll sort you out. And, get, and jump in there. Get even, we'll translate stuff for you. We have a t whole team of translators ready to go. And if you don't use us, there's lots of translation services out there. Many of them don't understand an e-commerce translation, though. So make sure the people you're working with do understand that. So anyway, that's detailed. I, uh, before I jump into uh, point five there, Steve, very, yeah. very minor point is in terms of translating right into the other European countries, make sure to translate your price as well, okay? Yeah. Because... We've got a different currency inside continental Europe and in, in the euro. There is different FBA fees. Don't be lazy. Don't go to a conversion uh, site and just use the exchange rate. That's part of it. But also yeah. go and research the FBA fees because you may be able to, to hit a better sweet spot or you may have to increase your price 
uh, slightly to, to account for that. And make sure to look at the market too. Absolutely. All right, Lynn. So, point five. Yeah, number five uh, just leads on from that. A very, very quick point. Don't keep checking and checking and checking your PDP after going live because you're hurting your own stats, right? You are not your customer. Right? We talk about this inside research. You know, we've seen products that uh, myself and Steve have, have covered on the YouTube channel. I am not the one that's going to be going and buying those, right? I'm not the consumer of my own product. So therefore, don't be hurting your own stats. If you want to check on the details that you have inside your PDP, go into the back end of Seller Central, go into the listing, click edit, and everything's there for you. And that means that you do not hurt your stats one iota, not 1%. Awesome. Well, I, I have nothing to add there. I think that's absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's a really, really simple one, which leads us on to, to number six and number seven. Checking on the stats inside your seller central account. Okay. Yeah, very important. So many times we'll look at managing orders and we'll and we'll get excited, and that kind of leads us on to number seven. But make sure you're going into your seller central regularly you know on a certain area which we'll come to in a second inside of the time period go into those business reports and start looking at your your sessions and your conversion rates and you can get it really really easily inside reports business reports and then you're in and i think too then steve you know that point number seven yeah which we see many many times do not join the roller coaster of of emotions. oh god yeah you know, yeah. we'll see that thing where, you know, if we don't get a sale inside the first 10 minutes, we start freaking out. If we don't get it inside the first day, we think that everything is incorrect. Sure. We've got to allow time for our listing yeah. to bail into the system and, and everything else. And I always look at it this way. If you came in and you were checking on your sales and you had sold more than what you expected, you would be elated, mm -hmm. right? You'd be euphoric. Whereas yes. if you come in, and you haven't sold what you were expecting, you will be, you know, in despair. You will, you'll be down for the day, right? Um, right? Whereas the only way that you can come out of this in one piece is that if your sales were average. Is that what we're aiming for? We're aiming mm -hmm. for average? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's some really, it's great stuff. And I, I know for me personally, like I, I, I was a big uh, proponent of this in a, in not a good way when I started this whole game. And I, I definitely check sales way too much. I, I overcheck things. And like you said, I got excited when I had a great day, not excited when I didn't have a good day, you know, nervous in the morning, waking up to check things and all of that. And it's, it's very, very natural in the early days to feel like that. But as much as you possibly can, remove emotion from this whole thing and that is easier said than done but when you do that like you're saying there robert like you're going to feel better because if you have a great day that's fine if you have not a great day that's fine and if you can get to that level of balance it's really good because then you are able to do what robert's really good at doing is step back and start trying to see well what is the trend telling me and it's like i'm, I'm reading rereading one of my favorite books at the moment uh, which a lot of you know, the success principles. And in that book, he talks about this idea of event plus response equals outcome. So again, like what you're talking about there, Robert, you have an event uh, being sales. What's your response to that? And then you get an outcome. Yeah, and whenever you look at other industries, right, you know, the, the, two, two great examples would be the supermarket industry as well as the restaurant industry. Do you think that on a, you know, a Monday, 
that the restaurant or the supermarket industry freak out because they're not getting as many people through the door. They know that come Friday night in the restaurant, that's going to be packed. That's whenever they do their most business. Also, Saturdays and Sundays, whenever people are off work, that's whenever they go to the supermarket. It's yeah. just a fact. So therefore, what they do is, what they should be doing, is tip number eight. They look at it more over that trend. They're looking at things in a, in a wider time period to get everything into place. What I talk about is start reporting after the first two weeks and then every two weeks after that. Mm -hmm. And the reason for two weeks is it's long enough to get a trend and to start building up a trend. It's also short enough for you know our, our brains to say, I can hang on for two weeks. I totally understand. You know, people want to check on their sales. They do want to get excited. They want to see what's happening. You know, if we were to say, well, don't check anything for a year, I don't think anybody would do that. Um, but you know, two weeks is short enough and it's also it's also long enough. And a little tip here uh, for anybody that is going to follow what we're talking about here and do it every two weeks, don't check the previous two weeks the day after that time period ends so let's say for example that your two-week period ends on a saturday don't check it on the sunday preceding that because the data inside amazon may not have bedded into the system check it on the monday right allow it that extra 24 hours so that it's all bedded in and another simple tip is put the date inside your calendar that says i've got to go and check my sales and start reporting and bringing them down into somewhere. So that's definitely two tips that I would I would follow and do follow, Steve. I love those. Yeah, fantastic. And again, you're monitoring your sales, you're monitoring everything, you're watching it, you're seeing the trends, and then you can have that event is the trend. What's your response to that? So are my sessions low? So I'm not getting traffic onto my listings. Uh, is what's my conversion rate like? My session percentage? Am I am I converting people? I'm getting traffic. I'm not converting. Okay, it's a listing issue. You can start to identify your problem or problems that way. And that's great because then you can take action to counteract the event and get the outcome that you're looking for. So that's really important. That's great. Which so, is actually uh, number, yeah, nine, number nine, Robert. That actually is number nine. Perfect, well, perfect there segue go. there. Don't just report, act on what those reports tell you, uh, which is exactly what you've just said there. Yeah. Whenever we looked at the reports, um, the big the big two areas are obviously the sessions, as in, you know, the number of people coming on to the listing, mm -hmm. as well as the conversion rate, you know, how, what percentage of people that come on actually turn into a purchase. And look at those two things there. If you've got high sessions, you've got a lot of people coming on, but you've got a low conversion, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity to change something. If you've got low sessions, so not very many people coming on, but you've got a high conversion, that's an opportunity too. And actually, perversely, a low sessions and low conversion is also opportunity because you've got a lot of different things that, that, that you can do there. Mm -hmm. Only make changes once every so often. Uh, don't be, you know, don't be changing things or like, two or three things at the one time. Because if you change two or three things at the one time, you're going to skew your data. Make sure you only change one thing, assess the data and then uh, come back and make another change so that you can tell exactly what's, uh, what's happening. And also, you know, the likes of a low conversion, like what does that mean? It means that people are getting to your listing, but they're, but they're not buying. So you can change something inside that PDP. If you've got a low session, it means people aren't seeing your listing. So therefore, you've got to work on like your title, your keywords, and your, uh, and your PPC campaign.
And you know, whenever you're looking at this, it's not just about what you can do to increase sales. It's also to look at sales and the units that you have in stock because you're going to want to restock. Um, you know, a mortal sin and Amazon is running out of stock. So therefore, using these reports to keep yourself in stock, Steve, is vitally important as well. Absolutely. If you're not in stock, you can't make sales. You don't make sales, you don't have a business. So very fundamental to success there, Robert, 100%. And look, a lot's learned today. We're on to the final point now. This is going to send us home. And as many of you are probably thinking, do you want to know something? These are refreshing ideas because they're not the typical, you know, beg for reviews, do this tactic, do this thing. These are very important, fundamental practices you can do. You've got the power to do that actually will make all the difference. Yeah. And this is a very marketplace superheroes thing, but it's also something that's vitally important. Whenever you launch a product, one of the most important things that you can do is get to the next product. We see it far too often. People sit there and admire their handiwork and they admire it for way, way too long. Whereas when we're on this, this thread, we've got this, you know, this juice inside us that we've got this product launch. We're doing all these different things. That's the time whenever you should be getting back to your research or getting back to your pipeline or getting back to that supplier that you were talking to before to get the next product. Everything is all about the next product. We will not grow this business by just having you know one product in stock. We need multiple products. And as we go on forward, that's how we best grow this business, to add more and more products into the business and the company and add other marketplaces like we've talked about. But definitely, this is the time. As soon as you launch a product, you should be going back after the next one, Steve. Well, look, I think you've ended that beautifully, Robert. I don't think I need to say a whole lot more other than thanks again for coming on sharing these tips uh don't worry everybody that i'll be giving you the download for this as well i'll tell you where to get that in just a second and again thanks so much robert and look forward to having you back on again in the very near future to drop more of that knowledge that we all love from you thanks again look forward to it 